Good evening. Our top stories tonight is a slanderous one because everyone out there just hates Will Levis irrationally. It doesn't make sense. At this point, the hate has gone too far because Will Levis makes crazy throws at his pro day. Oh, suddenly he's Zach Wilson. These are the same guys. No, we're being silly here. Will Levis is a Greek god carved out of marble. Zach Wilson looks like one of the Backstreet Boys. He could be Justin Bieber's stunt double. These are not the same quarterbacks at all. And all everyone wants to say, oh, he's just Zach Wilson, player profiler, Cody has him QB1. Yeah, they're doing the Zach Wilson thing. No, we had Zach Wilson QB5. We were out on Zach Wilson. The hate for Will Levis has gone too far, and I am here to set the record straight on player profiler today. Always a pleasure when the Harry Snowman tunes in live. Happy to have you on the show. Happy to have Connor Porter on the show. And Connor is with me. Also, hope you're doing well, Connor. Always appreciate when you can tune in. But I agree. I would also love to see the Minnesota Vikings trade up in the draft for Levis and have him sit behind Kirk Cousins and develop. I would like to see any competent franchise land Will Levis. Because you know what? Will Levis is going to be good. He is raw. He is toolsy. Levis is not legit, and being better than Wilson doesn't say much. Will Levis is legit, and being better than Wilson says a lot when the narrative is these are the same players, except Zach Wilson had video game numbers. Will Levis couldn't even do that. No, different players. Levis, also legit. Because, you see, Will Levis, he's working with Jordan Palmer now. So that's one thing in his favor. 62 yards in the air with Jordan Palmer by his side. That that sure sounds familiar, doesn't it? That sounds like a certain quarterback that we saw at a certain pro day a couple years ago. Who was that that threw the ball 62 yards in the air with with uh, Jordan Palmer by his side? Oh, right. That was uh, Josh Allen, right? That was Josh Allen. And we all love Josh Allen. And Cody has broken it down marvelously here. We've got... The Will Levis Pro Day. I should probably hide my DMs, not show you those. Don't want to be leaking DMs that I have with Nate Paul vote. Yikes. But anyways, 62 yards in the air with Jordan Palmer by his side. Josh Allen. Look at it. An absolute cannon. We love it. We love Josh Allen and what he showed at his North Dakota Pro Day. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. But then we see... Will Levis and Will Levis. Well, suddenly, this is an underthrow. People are telling me on Twitter that Will Levis underthrew this ball. Are you kidding me? Do you not understand how any of this works? Yeah, he slows down. He lets up. It doesn't matter about the wide receiver. The deep ball on the pro day throw does not matter. They don't pay attention to the wide receiver. They're not throwing to the wide receiver. They're throwing to a spot. They are throwing as far as they possibly can. That's the point of this throw by Will Levis to show off his arm. I don't care that he had to slow down and jog. That is not an overthrow. That's not what that means. That is not how pro days work. It's the same at the combine. When you see the nine route, no scout worth his salt cares if the ball is incomplete on that deep ball, on that nine route, because you know what? 
It's all about the arm strength. That's the only thing that matters is showing off that cannon for an arm. Not 62 yards here by Zach Wilson. Let's see this. Zach Wilson, the throw that everyone loves. That's not, that's not 62 yards. That's what, 50-something? Let's see here. Yeah, that's a 50-something. Doesn't touch 60. Zach Wilson, not even close to 60 yards. Not anywhere close to the physically imposing presence that Will Levis is. I mean, these two guys standing side by side. It is incomparable. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is not Will Levis. Zach Wilson, six foot two, 214 pounds. The guy's an athlete too. Don't get me wrong. Zach Wilson, four seven in the 40. He is no slouch athletically, but he's not Will Levis. He is not this Greek god of a man. And I mean, come on, people. You have to admit, that's impressive. I know it's just a still picture, but Will Levis is objectively impressive. His arm is objectively impressive. And you know what? What he did in the SEC was pretty impressive too, even though no one's going to give him credit for it. Everyone's just going to point out to the, oh, he, he throws all these interceptions. He So many interceptions, turnover prone. No. That's not the true story of who Will Levis is. Because Will Levis, a lot of those interceptions, you go back, they're fluky. And you know why he has so many fluky interceptions? It's because he plays for Kentucky. He is playing in the SEC for an irrelevant program. But Will Levis made it relevant. Will Levis, as a junior, redshirt junior, first season with the Kentucky Wildcats, gets them to a 10-3 and record playing in the SEC. This is legit competition that Will Levis is facing. And he goes and throws 66% completion rate, 200, or sorry, not 200, 2,826 yards in the SEC, 66 completion percent. 13 interceptions, I get it, that's not great, but 24 touchdowns passing plus nine rushing touchdowns. Will Levis is the whole package. Zach Wilson never was. Zach Wilson was always small. Zach Wilson had one special season as a junior that made everyone lose their minds. Oh, Zach Wilson, look at the video game numbers at BYU. Look at how he does with no one around him, or sorry, with no one defending him. Uh, <laughs> I'm distracted by the comments here. My apologies. Herbert, Herbert, great, great, strong arm. Love Justin Herbert. Better prospect than Will Levis. When he stares down a wide receiver who's clearly covered and still throws, that's when I begin to worry about him. And those, there are issues like that. There are absolutely issues like that. There are a whole lot more issues where it bounces off the wide receiver's hands and it's an interception instead. The Harry Snowman loves it when I get pissed. Nathan has some says Jack has some passion for Levis. I love to see conviction. And here's the funny thing. Will Levis isn't even my... I like Will Levis. I'd rather have Anthony Richardson. I understand drafting CJ Stroud over Will Levis because he is less likely to fail. But I just can't understand how far the hate has gone on Will Levis just because he has the strongest arm in the class. You just get the automatic, well, Zach Wilson, he was a bust. You're just pretending he's Josh Allen. How many other people have failed that we thought was Josh Allen? Okay. Look at the past couple drafts. Who are the guys that are succeeding as of late? Josh Allen, physical freak. Just 
a Greek god sculpted, sculpted out of marble. Lamar Jackson, physical freak, a Greek god sculpted out of marble. Patrick Mahomes, a physical freak. He doesn't have to run that much, but he can. He can move in the pocket. This is the way the NFL is trending. Justin Herbert, a Greek god sculpted out of marble. You get the point. Jalen Hurts, Greek god sculpted out of marble. These are just men. These are men on the field that can dominate, that can take over games, that can impose their will on a defense. So, yeah, Will Levis has some risk. He's turnover prone. Sam Darnold was too. A lot of people will point and say Sam Darnold never got over his interceptions and fumbles. That's fair. You can say things like that. There are rational ways to critique Will Levis, but you can't do it at the expense of ignoring reality. Will Levis, 66% completion in the SEC, and then 65% completion in the SEC. I know it was 19 TDs to 10 interceptions in his final year at Kentucky. He was injured, not fully healthy. And look at the talent around him. Again, the offensive line, there was none. The wide receivers, Wandale Robinson leaves. Who's he left with? Nobody. Josh, keep going back to Josh Allen. Will Levis had to carry the Kentucky Wildcats, a program that has not competed in the SEC, and he did it. He had them competing with top-tier talent around the SEC in the best division in football. Zach Wilson never did that. Zach Wilson never came close to doing that. Anytime Zach Wilson faced a ranked team, he folded. He didn't, And I don't think he did it once in that magical year because that was the COVID year. That was the year that he faced Coastal Carolina and didn't fold completely, but it was his worst game against the best team that he faced. So I understand people who are out on Will Levis. He's a project, but I'll take the project that stands six foot four, 231 pounds. The project with 87th percentile burst score. The project that I know college football is stupid with how they do rushing numbers. Will Levis technically had negative rushing yards this year, but Will Levis in his college career at Penn State, even he was rushing for over 200 yards per year at Penn State as a backup, as a wildcat quarterback. Then he goes to Kentucky and he runs for 494 yards. And then he comes back, runs for 119, dealing with his injury, trying to protect himself. Will Levis is underrated, is too hated is disrespected, and I'm not going to have it. Will Levis is better than Zach Wilson. Will Levis is a legit quarterback prospect, and he's going to go in the top 10. He's probably going to go in the top five. I won't be surprised at all if Will Levis goes in the top four and we see four quarterbacks drafted in the top four. I could also see the Seahawks, because again, the Seahawks, they do it again. They love taking selfies with these quarterbacks. Seahawks, picture with Will Levis. The Seahawks are in. The Panthers were buzzing about Will Levis. All these NFL teams are in on Will Levis. All these brilliant football minds like Cody Carpentier are in on Will Levis. But we got 
couple people that just, oh, he's Zach Wilson. He sucks. And that's just not true. But if you do want to hear the truth, you should check out our friends over at Epson. Epson just, you know, you hear the Podfather talk about it all the time. Just, you can't beat it. The television experience provided by Epson. Tell you, friends, I am feeling it. You know, that rant, that impassioned rant followed up by that commercial. The Epson commercial gets me hyped every time. Will Levis gets me hyped every time. I mean, again, look at him and tell me that's not impressive. Will Levis is just chiseled Andy Dalton in his face. He looks a lot like Will Andy Dalton. Uh, Hopefully you can't hear that. Some sirens going on. Hope that's not my place. Anyways. Continuing. Sorry, I am very distracted by those sirens. All right, small town problems. You don't hear traffic too often around here. But anyways, we have some confusion. Much like people seem to be confused about how talented Will Levis is, there are a lot of people confused about the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is coming from their own fans. See, a lot of Kansas City fans are shocked They're in disbelief. They are disappointed. They are angry. They are upset at no wide receivers being added by KC. How could you do this? How how could you let Juju walk and not replace him? Justin Watson, he's still a free agent. You let our best wide receiver walk and you let another role player walk and you you don't replace them at all. Kansas City, what are you doing? You, you, You guys, do you want us to lose? Fans are so funny. Fans are so funny. Twitter is just hilarious. And remember, Twitter's not real. It's WWE. It's pro wrestling. It's all a show. But this isn't a show. This is the real world. This is where I bring you the news. The real world news. And the real world news on the Kansas City Chiefs is it doesn't matter that they haven't replaced Juju Smith-Schuster yet. It doesn't matter that they haven't added a wide receiver yet. Did we not just watch the past season for the Kansas City Chiefs? Did, did did anyone pay attention to anything that just happened over the past year? Because Kansas City, they, they just did the same thing. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver one. They get rid of Tyree Kill. There are all these questions. Oh, can, can it work? We know Patrick Mahomes is still elite, but can it work with MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster? And... People will lie and say no one said the Kansas City Chiefs were rebuilding. People will lie and say no one picked Kansas City to miss the playoffs. People will lie and say the Chiefs were never underdogs. But this happened last year. People freaked out last year. And what happened? Patrick Mahomes goes out and wins a Super Bowl. And then people want to say, oh, well, you know, that offense, they couldn't really move the ball against the Cincinnati Bengals. What? What? Did you not watch Patrick Mahomes with one ankle without his wide receiver one, Sky Moore? Because that's who Kansas City believes is going to be their wide receiver one this year. Is No, sorry, not Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony. Without wide receiver one, Kadarius Tony. Do you not remember Marquez Valdez-Scantling going over 100 yards in that game? That everyone was so worried about. Juju got hurt. All these wide receivers get hurt. Do we not remember anything that just happened? This is the Kansas City model. 
They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. They have an offensive line and they have serviceable starters. They don't need elite wide receiver talent. They don't need Tyreek Hill. They don't need to trade for an A.J. Brown. They don't need that type of player because they have Patrick Mahomes, because they have Travis Kelsey. Now, that strategy will shift whenever Travis Kelsey retires, but at that point, we'll see, okay, well, can he get it done with even more just a guys? But there was nothing special about last year's Kansas City team at wide receiver. Nothing at all. And Patrick Mahomes made the most of it, made the best of it. Greetings from Europe. Great daily commentary. I usually hear you recording early in the day. Thank you for bringing it. Thank you so much, Carlos. So glad that you could tune in live from Europe. That just warms my heart. You can see my cheeks getting all red. That Thank you so much. I'm glad that we are reaching across the pond over in, in Europe. And thank you, Carlos, for tuning in. Greetings from Canada here. Greetings from the United States from the Harry Snowman. But happy to have you on the show. Connor Porter, JSN to the Chiefs. Yes, please. And yes, please for me too. Or Quentin Johnson to the Chiefs. Or Zay Flowers to the Chiefs. Or any wide receiver to the Chiefs. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. But it's not necessary. So if Kansas City waits until round two, round three to draft a wide receiver, I'm okay with that. Probably want them to take a wide receiver in round one. But it's going to be okay. Kansas City fans just need to understand their own team. Kansas City fans need to trust in Patrick Mahomes, trust in Travis Kelsey, trust in Andy Reid and Brett Veach. It's going to be fine. They don't need to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. It would be great if they did. I would love to see DeAndre Hopkins with the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's not a necessity because that's just not the brand of football that they need to play. There are other teams that need a DeAndre Hopkins. The Buffalo Bills are the number one team that comes to mind that needs a DeAndre Hopkins. The Baltimore Ravens need a DeAndre Hopkins. Chiefs could use DeAndre Hopkins. Don't get me wrong. He makes the team objectively better, but there are teams that need him. New England needs DeAndre Hopkins. And so it's an interesting inflection point that we're at when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins because the Arizona Cardinals are just asking for way too much. The Cardinals view DeAndre Hopkins in this trade as essentially the Christian McCaffrey trade. And if you remember, CMC got a two, a three, and a four. That's not the reality. You you don't get to compare DeAndre Hopkins now to Christian McCaffrey during a midseason run. That's peak value. It's the offseason. This is the, the lowest time in value. So I understand if the Arizona Cardinals, they want to wait until it's draft night and they want to capitalize on a team missing out on a top flight wide receiver panicking when they don't get Quinton Johnston, when they don't get JSN, when they don't get Jordan Addison. That is when some DeAndre Hopkins value will be recouped. But it's not going to be a two and a three. We just saw Brandon Cooks go for a five and a six. Do you not understand how markets work? I I get it. They've got to hold out for the best deal possible. You got to ask for more than you expect. But come on, Arizona, you're not getting a second round and a third round pick. You might get a second. You might get a third. You might not. You might get a four and a five because he's worth more than Brandon Cooks. But how much? 
You got to understand the market. You have to understand how markets work and what precedents other moves, other moves set. Just because Christian McCaffrey was traded for a two, three, and a four doesn't mean you're getting anything close to that because it's the off season and value is low. I do think DeAndre Hopkins will be moved, and I do think it will be on draft night. I was talking to my friend Ryan earlier today, saying, "What's going to happen? Are there going to be any crazy moves like AJ Brown, like Marquise Brown?" I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be traded on draft night when some team panics and misses out on a wide receiver. It wouldn't surprise me if there are a couple shadow deals already in place for DeAndre Hopkins where, okay, if X, Y, and Z happen before our pick, we will we will trade you for DeAndre Hopkins. But we're not putting that in until now. Kazan and Nanduri, our salary cap analyst, salary cap expert, he talks about this all the time, how at the combine, all these deals are made. All these trades are agreed upon between different teams looking to trade up into the draft to get their guys. They're not formalized, and there's always contingents. There's always, hey, if our guy's there, then we'll trade up. Or if our guy's gone, we're looking to trade back you in. So don't I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of those deals is already in place for DeAndre Hopkins. It should be. Teams need DeAndre Hopkins. The Bills need help for Stephon Diggs. The Patriots need a wide receiver one. But the Baltimore Ravens need a wide receiver one over Nelson Aguilar being added. That was not, not the move. Billy and I talking about it. That was just... I, we had to make the decision with depth charts, right? Do you... Where do you put Nelson Aguilar? He's obviously behind Rashad Bateman. He's behind Devin Duvernay. Is he behind James Prochet? That's when it starts getting gross. And yeah, a lot of teams could use DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of teams could have used DJ Chark. DJ Chark chooses to bet on himself. DJ Chark, the Carolina Panthers wanted it to be a two-year deal between them and DJ Chark. Chark says, nah, I want a one-year deal. I'll play for $6 million. I'll play for less. I will take less security than a two-year deal because I think I'm going to play a full 17 this year. I think I'm going to be the wide receiver one. I understand that player profiler has Adam Thielen outscoring me in fantasy football, but nah, I'm going to prove I'm the alpha here. And I would love, love to see DJ Chark do that. Hope DJ Chark balls out, gets paid. But so often we see... Short-term contracts, and like Juju Smith-Schuster, he takes a short-term contract to stay with the Steelers, takes another short-term contract to go to Kansas City, and then the, the big payday isn't as great as we could have hoped. So I wish the best for DJ Chark, but we'll see what happens. There are rumors Buffalo trading for D-Hop and second shout-out to the finest financial mind in fantasy football, Anand Nanduri. Shout-out, Anand. Got to have him on the show at some point. Guy's a busy man, but he got to have his wisdom on at some point. There are only eight wide receivers in this draft class that I trust. There, Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I, it's been a long day, so I'm not going to actually think of them off the top of my head. There's the ones we all know going in the first round, and then there's some of the better guys. But there's also a lot of... NFL players. There are not there are not a lot of guys I trust for fantasy football. Eight probably, maybe even less, but there's gonna be a lot of NFL contributors. It's just not gonna matter for fantasy football. But 
on this show, we care about all players. Toronto Dave, happy to have you on the show, my friend. Always a pleasure. I think once JSN, Johnson, Flowers, Addison are drafted, Hopkins will be traded. I agree. I agree with the Harry Snowman that I would put Hyatt in that group. But I think after those guys, I think that's those are the big five. One, two, three, four, five. I would have to double check, but I think I think you're right there. That after those five go in the first round, maybe late second, that's when DeAndre Hopkins is going to be moved for a late second, a third, something in that ballpark. But speaking of things being moved, Lamar Jackson, what's going on? We've heard no movement. We've heard the bad boy of scoops report that the Washington commanders are in on Lamar Jackson. They're talking, but... That's obviously a lie. And of course, I'm not surprised that someone that reported that Ryan Tannehill was going to be cut tomorrow. Remember Ryan Tannehill being cut a couple weeks ago? Now he's still here. So not surprised that that report isn't true. But the commanders can't really talk to anybody right now. They can have small conversations. I guess Dan Snyder, he could, if he really wanted to, pursue Lamar Jackson and leave the new owner with the bill and leave that as a parting gift for all the other owners across the NFL. But doesn't seem likely. It seems like Dan Snyder has checked out. I could be wrong, but you know, I'm, I'm going to say the bad boy of scoops made this one up that Lamar Jackson to the commanders, no steam coming there though. That would be fun. That would be special with a new ownership group coming in with Terry McLaurin, with Jahan Dotson, with Antonio Gibson, getting the benefit of the Alfred Morris corollary. And where better for Lamar Jackson to help these running backs like Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, a perfect Alfred Morris player. Help these players to benefit from these wide rushing lanes of a mobile quarterback, the Alfred Morris corollary. Where better to have that than Washington with Lamar Jackson? But I don't see it. I have, however, heard growing steam that the Indianapolis Colts, they could be in on Lamar Jackson. The Colts could consider adding Lamar Jackson. Lamar and Hopkins on draft. Lamar won't be traded on draft night, unfortunately. Well, he could sign on draft night, but he can't be traded anymore. This is all about him being signed to a deal or a him being signed to an offer sheet. And the Ravens having, I believe, five days to match it. So the way that would work is a team would offer Lamar Jackson on draft night and the Ravens would then have five days to match it. So that pick wouldn't go through. What could happen is five days before the draft, a team offers Lamar Jackson and then the Ravens on draft day decide, no, we're going to pass. We're not going to match. Thank you for that pick. We will take it. So you're right, Joe. It could happen where Lamar is moved on draft night, but we would just know about it in advance that it's a possibility. Hopkins definitely believe he's moved on draft night. But Lamar, I've been hearing growing steam that he could join the Indianapolis Colts, that Jim Ursay, after all the frustration of trying to fight a quarterback for all these years, just Phil Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, just... None of it worked following Andrew Luck. There's rumblings that Jim Ursay could be looking to pull a power move, get Lamar Jackson to the Indianapolis Colts, but they would have to give up the fourth overall pick to do it, at least right now. 
What the Colts could also do is gamble. They could, with the fourth overall pick, take whatever player they want. They might have Will Anderson available. They might have Jalen Carter available. Colts can take whoever they want at four, go through the entire draft, and then all of a sudden draft's over. Here we go. Lamar Jackson, we are offering you an offer sheet. Sign it. And hey, Baltimore, you get our picks in the next two years because the draft's over next two years, and we're going to be a lot better than we are right now. So I think the Colts do like Will Levis, but I wouldn't rule out the Indianapolis Colts passing on quarterback, drafting Will Anderson, and then when the draft is all said and done saying, hey, Baltimore, we're making a deal that you can't match, Lamar Jackson is going to be a Colt. Thank you.